welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lara Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. episode of Fishers of Men. I am at the Ecclesia office in the middle of Hollywood. Um, I'm here with Gary and April Clemmer. They go to my church. Gary is the executive pastor at Ecclesia, and I've been doing a class with them called Financial Peace University. Some of you may have uh, heard of it. Uh, it's with Dave Ramsey. It's been life-changing. Um, as you all know, I am about to get married, so uh, Derek and I have been taking the class, and it's just been really informative in how uh, we deal with money, the behaviors that are associated with money, and how that really plays into relationships. Um, that's not the biggest portion of the class, of course, but I found it a very fascinating part of the class. So I just brought on April and Gary to kind of talk about it um, as they are... Um, well, I, I guess I can't call you newlyweds anymore, but you've been married for about a year and a half You can now. call us newlyweds. Yeah, sure. about, okay. about, like about a year and three months. <laughs> okay. yeah. you're, still, you're still within that um, yeah. honeymoon phase. Yeah, we think of ourselves as newlyweds. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay, so why don't we go ahead and get started, uh, and let me tell us a little bit about each of you. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first? Um, I'm from Georgia, originally, okay. and came out here to be famous <laughs> so i'm on a podcast now but uh, <laughs> um and yeah i know this is awesome but uh, right i i still do some commercial stuff but i do a lot of historic research um working with the city of hollywood right now and um by i found ecclesia our church about three years ago yeah at least three i think and uh found my husband not soon after so how do you meet uh someone on hollywood boulevard in a church i don't know i don't know how i did that but i got really lucky (laughs) (laughs) well i uh i became a pastor in hollywood uh but i never thought i was actually going down that 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 actually road um Mm. you know I, i moved here in 2000, uh, pursuing acting, came here to, to act in uh, film and TV, and did some of that. Still a member of a, a theater company here in in Hollywood. But then my you know my degree, what I studied was business. Um, so I found that I always worked in offices, and then a friend of mine worked at a, a church in Hollywood, and I started working with him, and I started to, to really like it. And then mm-hmm. uh, Ecclesia Hollywood, they uh, brought me on in 2008, as you said, as the executive pastor. So um, I've been doing that, and then doing a little acting on the side, and uh, so it's been a great journey, and uh, here I am with you today. Great. Uh, so this episode is called Marriage and Money, and like I said, uh, I'm I. You guys have been facilitating the class that um, we've been taking. Um, there's about I guess four or five other couples mm, yeah. in the class. Um, they're not all couples, but you know it's been a really cool way to just hear each other's stories and know that we're all kind of facing the same financial. Um, challenges, especially living in a place like L.A., um, and we're all artist types. Um, But I thought it would be really great to bring you on because, one, you're the executive pastor, 
at Ecclesia and you guys are newlyweds and you guys are leading this class. So um, I just wanted to go through a couple of questions with you. Uh, one of them is, it's been reported that money is the number one reason people get divorced. Why is it important to talk about money? Not just with your mates, but I mean, just generally, even as a single, I think it's very important that you get your finances straight. So can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, well, Money brings up a lot of potential conflict because I think we bring things into relationships, just our own personal way of relating with mm -hmm. money. It also, money can be a sense of shame too. And I think that's tied to debt mm -hmm. uh, usually. So yeah. if you come into a relationship with debt, the one person has debt, one person doesn't have debt, all, already you have kind of an imbalance there. Mm. But I think also just personally, we, uh, as individuals, we approach money differently. Some people are savers, some people are spenders. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, when those two meet, if you don't talk about how you're going to use money um, in your relationship, then that's going to lead to potential problems. Right. And it is, in as far as you are you know, willing to share your story, feel free to just interject in examples if you find appropriate. But in the course in Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey talks about behavior modification when it comes to money habits. And how, how is that relevant to marriage and relationships, I feel like that touches, I mean, how you are with money, like you kind of alluded to a second ago, that's how it's going to play out in your life and not just you relate to money, but in other aspects of your life too. So the whole behavior thing mm -hmm. I felt was very eye-opening. Yeah, I met, when I met Gary, I had a lot of debt and I had, I, I, I think that, that the behavior modification is the most important thing because mm -hmm. I... I was in a lot of debt early, like right out of college, and I got a job and paid it all off. And then I was really great with money and saving, and I saved a lot to come out here, and then I made all of the same mistakes all mm -hmm. over again mm -hmm. because I, I didn't really learn uh, to, to really be tangible with money. You know, we, we in the class talk about using credit cards and debit cards versus actual cash and yeah. how you don't feel it as much. And that's very true for me. Um, and when I met Gary uh, at the point that I realized it was getting serious, mm -hmm. he he's a saver. He's very responsible with money. And I was like, gosh, like he's a grown up and... <laughs> I'm supposed to be one, but I don't feel like it. And I was like, I've got to get it together. And I really started to, to work really hard because I didn't want to bring that into our marriage. And uh, and I, we, we went through the first year of our marriage paying off a lot of my debt. And I think if we had not had great communication about that, that could have been a, just a source of difficulty yeah. fights shame particularly um, if it was private um like yeah. i think if you know if two people enter a relationship and then one of the uh of the couple uh, discovers that the other person has a ton of debt for mm -hmm. instance that would be a big landmine yeah in the relationship and like oh my gosh i didn't know that you know we'd have to now address this issue i mean i had my own i was a, just ahead of you um <laughs> you know in in years as far as going through my own uh, debt problems um uh, you know in my 20s it was like oh okay i want to do this thing i want to go on this trip i'll just put it on the credit card yeah right and and it's like i'll pay it address that later but i don't want to miss this opportunity to do this fun thing this good thing yeah. so i definitely was there and found you know myself at a point where i had thousands of dollars of debt and had to address that mm -hmm. and like similar to what april did 
I'm going to buckle down and change my behavior. Back to your question about behavior modification is it comes at a point when you say, I'm not going to settle for this anymore. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to live with this anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Until you get to that point, I don't think we're really motivated to change. Um, But the behavior modification is saying, all right, I'm going to look at the things I'm doing and I'm going to make choices. Um, And what Dave teaches in the class, of course, you know this, (laughs) is to put put your choices down on paper. They call that a paper budget. So Mm -hmm. you know of the money that you have coming in in Mm -hmm. a month, what you're going to spend. Um, But I think until you get to that point where you say, I'm not going to live this way anymore, I'm going to make some changes, then behavior modification is hard. You really need some external motivation for that. Right. So it sounds like, April, um, when you were getting serious with Gary... Uh, you started to kind of come to that come to Jesus moment. <laughs> is, is that the point, uh, or were you thinking of it like even prior to dating? And I mean, what point was it with you? And I'll ask you the same question, Gary. Of like, when was enough enough? And you know, you, you knew you had to, something had to change. And how did you go about that? Well, basically, when you when you are in debt, it it's. It's like mold. It's like cancer. Mm-hmm. It grows like really, really. Yeah. You don't you don't realize it, and then one day you look down and you're like, you're you're on a train wreck. Oh so that I was already headed in that direction, and I think our relationship is something that really woke me up to mm-hmm. that. But I was already in a position where I was going, I was having trouble paying my rent every month. Mm. I was having trouble making payments. I had actually stopped making payments on some of, a lot of my cards and I had sort of just shut down uh, in in that area of my life because it was so out of control. I I didn't know what to do and that that was very scary. That hadn't happened yeah. to me before um, yeah. the first time. So I'm glad that our relationship kind of woke me up to that. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing I want to say is it really making those choices and modifying your behavior. People don't like to talk about that with money. And, you know, we all get, especially out here, we get going to the gym. We -hmm. get not having dessert or Mm -hmm. not eating what everyone else is eating to Mm -hmm. to be in shape. And and it works that way with money. It's not fun. Like, I I stopped auditioning. I got a job that was a regular job where I wasn't able to pursue my dream and so it really it can kind of steal your dream you trick yourself into thinking you're investing but you you try to take a shortcut when you do debt I think and it really robs you long term of the things that you'd like to pursue yeah I like what you just said um it steals your dream because you're forced to kind of, you know, when you do come to that point of realization, it forces you to, you know, do something else other than what you want to do. But at the same time, we have to be responsible. Even if it is our dream, we can't go and pay thousands of dollars into classes if we're not finding a way to, you know, live and pay. And like what Dave Ramsey calls the four walls, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I, I feel like that's especially so hard here in LA, you know, like a lot of the people that go to our church, for example, we're all artists. Well, not all of us, but a lot of us are. And so it's like, you came to Hollywood for a dream. And when it, when it gets you um, into that spot of debt, it's a really hard thing to face. It's really difficult. It is because, you know, you come here to pursue your dream and you, and then you're immediately faced with, uh, okay, I'm trying to live in one of the most expensive cities in the, in the country. Yeah. And then I'm also 
uh, confronted with with choices to invest in my dream. Yeah. Right. So if you're an actor, you're you have to get headshots and you have to get a reel and you have to go to class and you know, these things that they tell you you need to do and some of them are important, but that just adds to your can add to your debt load on yeah. top of the four walls like you talked about yeah. a place to live and clothing and utilities and mm-hmm. transportation. Yeah. It's like it's like college. <laughs> I mean, uh, gosh, seriously, the Dave Ramsey class. I feel like this is a big infomercial for that. But I, I've drunk the Kool Aid. I'm <laughs> on board because, um, and we've said it in class. Like you shouldn't be allowed to graduate high school without learning all this stuff. Because how are you going to be a grown up? Like how are you going to be a real grown up if you don't know how to control your money and control your life and not add to the national debt? You know, and um, we are. We're supposed to be Christians, and we're supposed to be handling our money well, and we're supposed to be good stewards. And, you know, one of the biggest motivations of getting out of debt for me, I know, not just because I want to have a good marriage, but because um, one of my dreams is, like, to help, you know, help my parents pay off the house and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, give money to people that are in need in the city because, you know, there's so much of that. And if I, like, add up all my debts, and we did this in class, I, you know, it's, it's, like, mind-boggling of like how much I can actually give that away to somebody else if it wasn't in debt you know like I could be helping others Um, and I feel like a lot of us in that class feel exactly the same way and it's just a shame because we go into this mentality of entitlements John's in in John's uh, sermon today actually (laughs) he he really oh man he was kicking my butt but yeah (laughs) you know like we live in in an age of entitlement and that somehow is equating to like it's okay for me to get this thing like we justify whether it's a class or a fun activity or something it's like oh I'll figure out how to pay it off later and it's just such a dangerous and you use this word in class Gary insidious thing you know it just it just creeps up on you and like you said I love that metaphor April like the mold like it's just like getting bigger and bigger and you almost don't realize it until you just you know pick up the carpet and you like realize oh no (laughs) how can I live like this it's really difficult to um come to terms with that even because it gets overwhelming and I know I've had my moments where I too um it was just so overwhelming I was just like crying and like should I just leave LA and but then when this class came along and it just Mm -hmm. helped me realize that I can tell my money where to go I can you know modify my behavior it it was so empowering and, mm. you know, it's, it's been awesome. Okay. So as a couple that has been married for a little over a year, what advice would you give singles hoping to be in relationship or marriage? Uh, particularly about money? Particularly just, about money. Yeah. Like, in, mm-hmm. you know, like if you have debt, do you, do you, should people go out of, get out of debt before they start dating? I mean, that's yeah. an extreme example, but I, you know, <laughs> I'd say the number one thing is communicate. And so that is, you know, a part of our intimacy is intimacy financially. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think before even you get engaged, you should talk about your finances, talk about what your dreams are, talk about what, you know, you would really like to do. What are your, you know, like your dreams for a family? Do you want to have kids or yeah. do you want to, a lot of people here in LA are pursuing a, a dream, you know, have you ass- assigned a, a time period on that? Yeah. You know, April and I were discussing this is like, it's common and this was true for me, you come here and you agree to be underemployed for a while in the pursuit of your dream. And I think that, that is, that's okay. We all have mm-hmm. the, the right to do that. But what that, what, you have to be sure about what you are really doing there. Um, you are agreeing to 
make some sacrifices in what you can earn. And that is going to have consequences in the near term and in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, like what we've learned in class is the ability yeah. to, you know, to save and have that money be invested. And then it grows over time and that provides for you and your family later on. But I think in the case of April and I, we, we, we talked about money. We talked about, you know, what are the ups and the downs and what we wanted. I think that's crucial. Um, it's just to communicate that and say, where do you see us in 10 years? All right, well, we need to have a plan in order to get there. You know, the dream of home ownership, we talked about that in the class, how that is a huge obstacle, you know, here in LA. I mean, that seems like a huge mountain to climb. I don't even have aspirations. I'm just like, no, I, no, that's never going to happen while we live here. (laughs) It just feels like a mountain. And yet people do, right? People people come here and they buy a house. Mm -hmm. And so it's not impossible. It seems impossible. Uh, but I think unless you have a plan together, you're really going to be frustrated. How did that, um, if I may ask, like uh, going into even engagement or maybe into marriage where you had this talk, like what were the steps along the way for you personally? Like, did you know, how long after you started dating, did you bring up money? You know, what is the advice that you would give people in that same boat? Like, do you talk about it right away? Do you wait till you're like closer in engagement or like, When's the right time to talk about money? I feel like it's in, on that same level of like, when's the right time you talk about past relationships? You know, like it's, yeah. it's on that level yeah. of intimacy where, you know, people don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. It's difficult. Yeah. And it might not come out all at once. right? Yeah, right. I was going to say, maybe don't have a money talk. <laughs> on your first date. Yeah, right, <laughs> so, right. Girls, like, don't say I need to have any kind of talk. Like, yeah. like <laughs> this relationship, oh, killer. But I think... Um, that makes it stressful. Yeah. And I know, or I think if I'm remembering correctly, I kind of dropped little hints along the way. Yeah, it was a part of your story yeah. right, that you were telling me. About, you know, about debt specifically? Yeah, or? as we got to know each other mm-hmm. um, in conversation, I just didn't edit out details as they were relevant. So, you know, if we were talking about, you know, how we came out here or what our jobs were or, you know, things like that. You know, I, I, I've had jobs where I made a lot of money most Mm -hmm. of the time because I was trying to pay off things or save. And, um, and then I've had jobs that weren't as great. And so I, I think you can, within conversation, I don't know if I'm thinking of a good example. I'm really not right now, but I, I, I felt like all of our conversations were transparent. Yeah. And in the beginning, I, I think you you want to guard yourself a little, but as you begin to feel comfortable, you sort of reveal it that way so you're not, like, pulling the curtain back on something yeah. that's scary. Yeah, we, we both have a history of, of debt, so we had lived with that. I think what, in our experience of, you know, understanding what is our current financial situation, kind of forecasting, what is it going to be like when we're together, living together, sharing our finances, sharing our life. It was good to have an advance notice of that, a heads up (laughs) of that. But what really inspired confidence in me is what April alluded to is that she did the right thing. She got uh, a job. She got a really, really good job. And so we, yes, we did spend, um, you know, a portion of our first year paying down debt, but she took ownership of that and uh, didn't simply look to me as mm-hmm. the person who's going to take care of that. Right, right, right. Um, and so we worked on it together. 
Yeah. You know, we were both employed and, and now now we're out of debt. And yeah. and that's Amazing. something that we did together. That wasn't either either one of us, you know, on our own. And that's critical. I yeah. I think I can't imagine being in the first month of marri- marriage and saying, "Oh, wait, what?" Yeah, like, by the way, <laughs> by the way, that would be it's it was hard enough just kind of realigning our lives together. Yeah, and how did you? Well, you, you both alluded to you both had some some debt, but I'm I'm just getting a sense that April maybe had a little bit more. Like, what oh, yeah. what was your kind of reaction to her hints, and then eventually when you had the talk, like, how did you take that? Well. It wasn't a a huge shock because I've lived in L.A. long enough to know that when you're pursuing acting, Mm. you have a lot of things coming your way that are screaming for your money. Yeah. Uh, The rent being the first one. But then the other things I mentioned, you know, the classes and other things that you do to to support your art. So it wasn't a shock that uh, she had debt. And I, I know a lot of people graduate college with a huge amount of debt. Yeah. So debt is something that is familiar to all of us. I, yeah. I think just knowing, I remember talking to a friend of mine about about it and, and he said his advice was, you know what, it's just time and money. Yeah. Um, so knowing that about our first year of marriage, just knowing that we, what we would be getting into is like, all right, we can do this if we buckle down and we work on it together. You know, you just take the, the amount of the debt and divide it over the amount of months it's going to take and and then you put your plan together. We, re- we sacrificed during that first year, we didn't go on vacations, and we, you know, limited um, the amount of times we went out to eat, and you know, we just did kind of bare bones ex- yeah. expenditures and put the amount, you know, whatever money we could towards the debt. I think of something that's important about what I just at, in relationship and, yeah. and with this topic is that he never made me feel anything was my fault. He never made me feel guilty that we were paying off my huge, debt. Huge. It was never referred to as my debt. And I think that that I'm so lucky to find that, but that's really what you should be looking for yeah. in a relationship when you're talking about this is it, this is a, a challenge for both of us. Like you're, you're really becoming one, like the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. And, and he definitely mm. took that ugly or bad <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. No, it wasn't fun, uh, but it is, it is something that, you know, you are, uh, like April put it well, you know, you are unifying your, your yeah. life, um, physically and intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, financially, Yeah, you it. are one. And so I'm, I'm a proponent of consolidating finances, um, in a marriage relationship. Um, just because it's really it, simpler, it's simpler. And yeah. why hide things from the other person? You know, it, yeah. it is, it is a team. It's a team. And so you're working together. Yeah. Derek and I had that question in class uh, a couple weeks ago, just like, so do you combine finances? Do you, you know, at that point of marriage, you know, do you do that? And um, it it sounded like in the entire room, everyone was like, yes, you consolidate finances. You are now sharing finances. Your debt is each other's debts. You guys are in it together. And, you know, being the unmarried couple in the room, it was just really cool to, to feel that encouragement and advice and inspiration from everyone else in the room so that was really it doesn't good. feel natural at first right it feels like uh, an imposition of, of sorts but I think it's one that we take on that one that I took on willingly but it does feel strange yeah I mean especially you know we talk about this on the podcast we're getting it's getting later and later for the average person to get married right and especially like 
I'm 34. I've been living kind of independently for the last decade, like since I moved out of my parents' house, been doing my own thing. And it's now I'm like, oh no, I have to move in with a boy. And like, <laughs> you know, like all these things. I'm just like, how's that going to work? But, you know, taking this class and just being surrounded by our, our community of at church, it's, it's been really cool to be on this journey, even in the like the engagement part. Um, and then learning about money, because it's not just money, it's, it's, it, it touches everything in your life. And, you know, the Dave Ramsey class has been um, opening up our eyes up about that as well. And because it has to do with your, again, your behaviors towards money and how you see yourself, you know, your worth in like, oh, my worth, like putting myself into all this debt and my, you know, like it really makes you think. But yeah, I, I mean, okay, so going into now the next phase, like we talked about being single and then dating and then like trying to talk about debt. So if I may ask, because I'm kind of in that stage now, like leading up to your marriage, how did you plan for your wedding? And how did you, I'm like, I'm asking personally now, like, how do you plan for a wedding when you are in debt? Like, how do you plan for the honeymoon? And how did you, you know, you're, you're going to have a baby soon. And that's like a whole other thing that Derek and I are trying to talk about as well. Like, what are we going to do? I mean, we have a plan in place, thank goodness, because of this class. But it, it can feel overwhelming. It's like yeah. um, we have a plan to, you know, like you were saying, like we're, we're just going to not eat out as much and blah, 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 because we have to save up for this big party that's going to happen at the end of the yeah. year. Um, but then after that, there's actually a marriage to think about and then maybe a baby and like all, all of these things that are future oriented, but... Like, what do you do in the meantime? How do you plan right, That's that? such a great question. Yeah. There's so many, just thinking about it as you were talking, there's so many variables in sure. that that I think you really need to know yourselves. Sure. You need to, um, you know, in April's case, she had a very, um, she had a vision of what she wanted her wedding day to be. Um, <laughs> I think that's common, right, with, sure. with girls. But April, uh, like, I know April to be very, like, design-oriented, so. We, you know, we just kind of like the basics of it is we had some help from our parents, but that ended up only being about half of mm-hmm. the amount that we ended up spending. However, we really, we got fortunate in the church where we were married, uh, was a church where I worked at previously, and the pastor did it for gratis and we got the church for um we paid the uh, like the administrative fees on it and the cost Mm. of the custodian and the cleaning we that's amazing yeah but big savings there and we had some savings just along the way but just but getting married in la it's it's an expensive proposition and and so we compromised on some areas we didn't do much in the way of flowers Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great couple friends of ours who um, give them a shout out Michelle and Daily Hake Photography yeah. they did uh, <laughs> our, our wedding photos um, for, a, for a friendship price um, <laughs> right <laughs> and they did amazing work sure. for us so we had we got fortunate um, but I think that from the debt perspective is we didn't pay at all with cash yeah, uh, okay. when we got married. Uh, but we, we paid some of it with cash. And again, we had some uh, help from our families. But we also knew what our income trajectory was going to be. And we had already put our, our plan in place on how we were going to get out of debt. Right. So yes, in one way we did add to our debt, but it wasn't, in my view, we didn't add to it in a irresponsible sure. way. We had a plan yeah. Forgetting it. It was a good practice for 
combining our finances because it's the first really big thing. I mean, you do make, you make a budget. It's the first budget we made together Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. our wedding budget and talking about the different amounts for different things and Mm -hmm. what's important. Like, obviously I didn't really care a lot about flowers. You know, we, we had other Mm -hmm. things that we cared about. So it was, that's the same thing that you're going to do when you make your budget. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, do you really love going out to eat? Do you really love, you know, certain yeah. classes or experiences or mm-hmm. aligning those, um, th- those things is, is something that's cool about planning your wedding together is yeah. you kind of get a taste of what it's going to be like. So I thought it was great practice. And if I could go back, I think I would be even more, um, strategic about it because I would, I wouldn't say open any accounts together, obviously until you're married, but I, I couldn't give you a figure of what we spent. I kind of know, but we had like little money from here over here and it was still from our different accounts. And I think that just attests to the fact that I'm really glad we have one bank account Yeah, because doing that, I, I, I was like, Oh, what? We went into debt over this or like we, Mm. we, we didn't pay cash with this. Mm -hmm. It was just so easy to let things get out of control Mm. because they were coming from places where he couldn't see or I couldn't see, so I, I think that it's a great practice thing, and I, I wouldn't, I don't want to sound like, oh, don't go into debt, I'm Dave Ramsey, but <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't do that. I, I wish that we had not done that or figured out a way, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the important thing, like Gary said, is you guys had a plan in place. So it's not like you were just like blindly spending whatever you wanted because it's this dream wedding, you know, like you saw what you were going to spend and what how much you were going to go actually into debt and then have like a plan over X amount of time and how much we were going to pay off at that time. So we knew we'd be out of debt at a certain calendar year, you know, like, so I think that's different than just being irresponsible and like doing whatever. budget uh you know yeah. for weddings <laughs> and for life it's essential yeah uh, once you have a reasonable budget in place we we uh, realized that the budget we started with for our wedding was was unreasonable for la prices mm-hmm. um and that's when you know you just start to have to make choices about what you want um just like life yeah <laughs> <laughs> but man without one uh, you know you wouldn't have anything to gauge sure uh, yeah. so like are you on track or not yeah. Um, uh, unless you have it on paper and yeah. you know, agree about what's important. But at the end of the day, we, we knew the, the kind of wedding we wanted. We realized that's only one day of our wedding, of our marriage life together mm-hmm. is, uh, is the marriage. So, But we, you know, we tried to balance what we wanted with what we could do responsibly. Yeah, it's great. So uh, just kind of as a last question, I'm pretty sure we covered most of it already, but um, so what would you say to newlyweds then? <laughs> like when it turn when it comes to money, like newlyweds. Just, so newlyweds. So just we just got married, and you know, you know, whatever happened with the wedding happened with the wedding. Whatever is going on with our cities. Like, but it sounds like the biggest advice generally has been just good communication and have a budget. Yeah, I yeah. realize there's going to be some bumps along the way. Sure. We, uh, you know, we had talked about money before we got married but we didn't do that perfectly when we started our life together there there's a lot of change obviously you come back from the honeymoon and uh, okay you have to combine the apartments and the stuff and <laughs> um you know and do all of that which is stressful enough so you have two major life changes there getting married and then a move yeah <laughs> yeah and then there's often extra expenses that go along with that so my advice to newlyweds would be 
communicate often, put a paper budget, you know, in other words, put it down on paper, not just in your head. Mm-hmm. And just talk about things. One of the things that Dave Ramsey talks about in the class is what is a significant purchase? Uh, in other words, set an, an amount between you um, that you know is a significant purchase. So if I'm going to spend more than this amount of money, I'm going to definitely talk with my spouse about it mm-hmm. before I do it. Mm-hmm. Whether that number is, can, whatever works for you. I think in the class he recommended 150 or $200, mm-hmm. you know, $300, whatever works for you. And so I just know, you know, that we're going to talk about that. It just it introduces an element of control into your relationship. Yeah. And then the, the last thing is just, have a plan. What are your plans? What are your dreams and your plans together? And say, what will it take realistically in order for us to get there? Mm-hmm. And then just start working the plan together. Yeah, and, and be sensitive to each other's temperament as you're, as you're learning to live together and you're learning to create this budget. Like, I can only talk about that for so long. And then it just <laughs> gets really annoying and I shut down. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have our conversation and, you know, I think he 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 tries to be really patient with me and then I have to know, you know, if if I'm not happy with something, I have to speak up. Like I can't just you know, be, get quiet and let him win and then be mad about it. Yeah. So, it's just being sensitive to each other's temperament and then just knowing that it's going to be ongoing. So, yeah. you know, it shouldn't be this it shouldn't start out as being this like, oh, we have to talk about our money and make a budget. Yeah. Like you're going to be doing that your whole life and maybe if you're in debt at first it's not as fun, but just remember, you know, when you have this plan and you work through it, there's a point where you're going to be having this conversation about your investments and yeah. it gets easier. <laughs> yeah, hopefully the, the debt portion of your of your life together is short. Yeah. And you should look at it that way. Yeah. Now, for some people, that means might be two or three years, but that's still in the course of your whole life. That's short. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it's a lot less than yeah. than that. Um, if you're both on the same page, uh, realize what your strengths are. Yeah. Uh, and let the the person with the strength um, do it not alone, but do it. You know, take the lead on it. Yeah. Um, and realize you're going to have some uh, disagreements. Our biggest fight in our whole marriage so far um, was related to money, not over a specific expenditure, but over the budgeting software program that we were going to use. Uh, so any recommendations or is this too sore of a point? No, we're not going to recommend it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, we had... Your I, look, it's like, yeah. it sounds like you don't like any of it. Well, I'll just speak well. in general terms. I had a, a friends uh, who... I've been married for a while, and they said, you need to use this software because it works really well for us. Uh-huh. And uh, she had uh, someone tell her, oh, I think we should use uh, no, this No, I decided that. You decided no one told it. me. <laughs> I used it. <laughs> it worked for me. Well, one thing I learned, <laughs> one thing I learned is uh, we had a long fight, a long conversation about it, and I think I just wore her down, and so her parting words in the conversation was, just do whatever you want to do. Oh, no. And I took that to mean, do whatever you want to do. Okay. Ladies, uh, yeah. <laughs> Men know that that's never an out. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I mean, all of that aside, like, it's better than not having anything. Like, I highly recommend the, mm-hmm. like, a phone-based software, mm-hmm. because you can just look and see... If you're not like me and you don't do math in your head well, yeah. then you, before you go to buy something, you can just check and see what it is. And it's an extra check in your in your relationship, too. Like yeah. if, if Before, if I wanted something that was 
$70 and I had 50 left, I could just buy it. Yeah. But now he's going to know and <laughs> yeah. I'm being irresponsible. Yeah. And so that it's a check. But it's a good one. And there's yeah. so much more intimacy in mm-hmm. our relationship because these conversations are hard. Yeah. And so they bring up a lot of um, emotional things. So there's a lot of vulnerability, you know, shame. Um, mm-hmm your your deep dreams those yeah. kinds of things and you may not necessarily ever talk about them and if you don't have these money conversations like that's a catalyst for just really getting to know the other person very yeah. intimately so it's it's yeah. really good the po- positive side of the budgeting side is that uh we get to see um each other have what they the things that they like and we wouldn't, I wouldn't have the experience of knowing that unless we did the budget together. And so she can budget for things that she really enjoys, whether that's, you know, going out to eat with friends or having her nails done. And because we've talked about it mm-hmm. together and we both together said, yeah, let's, let's spend the money on that. I don't look at that when it happens as something that, oh, great. You know, she's had a, she took advantage of the yeah, budget yeah. of the money or whatever. You already said it. Yeah, set we already said it. So I'm happy yeah. for her. It's like, great. Yeah, yeah that's right. Go. <laughs> you need to do that because we talked about it. Yeah. yeah, and she can do that for me too. Yeah, and that's a that's an important part. Um, I think that's a good note to end on. Um, there's you know the Bible verse that says, uh, "Where your treasure is, there your heart is also." And you know where we spend money, it, it speaks to what we like. Just like you said, it speaks to what we are invested in and literally investing in um but yeah it's it's the things that you we enjoy whether it is friends or experiences or you know getting your nails done like that's you know important to some people because it's just it it helps you feel good about yourself or whatever it is you know and so i think it's really important to have those conversations because of what you said april the the intimacy it creates the emotional intimacy and just getting to know your partner in that way mm-hmm. so fantastic any um any parting words for our listeners I think we already said a lot. Yeah. Yeah, just keep at it. Have the conversation and yeah. uh, let that just be a part of your relationship. Yeah, that's yeah. great. All right. Well, thanks, April and Gary. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. That was episode 18 of Fishers of Men with Gary and April Clemmer. My name is Laura Samara. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcasts at gmail.com or contact us on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men and on Twitter as at LACONFishing, as well as Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There's an underscore between each word. Please go ahead and rate and make comments on iTunes so other people can discover us. Again, I'm Laura without my partner in crime, Mary Ashley, today. But until next time, keep swimming. <laughs>